Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Well, here we are. I'm Donald, often known as Turbrecht on Twitter. 60-year-old farmer from Fife. I sell eggs, free-range eggs. That's not really why I'm calling. I'm calling because I want to take you back to around about 1975. We're in an upstairs bar in a student union in Edinburgh. The room is full of young men. Too few women, alas. And we're singing songs. Some of the songs are positively indecent, and I have chosen not to remember any of them. But one song stands out. It's the music man. And one particular verse rings true. I'll try to sing it. I am the music man. I come from down your way. What can you play? What can you play? Now, there's a pause here. It could be cows or it could be whales even. That was a memorable verse. But in this instance, what can you pay, play proceeds, the archers, the archers. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that has centred an Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I am the afternoon delight that is Royfield Brown, and with me are the coitus interruptus that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Carry On Ambridge, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum Dee Dum comes from Lucy's new favourite caller in Jesus Christ, Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another one. <laughs> oh, God, there's, there's half the men in Middle England are just groaning. <laughs> Donald Turbrecht. Is that how I pronounce it? Yes. Yeah. In... Except I think it's Ivor Cutler in disguise. When you hear it, you'll see why. <laughs> He's up in Bonnie, Scotland. Thank you for that, sir. Wonderful. Well done. And uh, at some point during the show, we will also be hearing from the lady of the moment, Lillian, not in flagrante this time, but as Sunny Ormond, um, about her audition for the role. Ooh, exciting. We've also got a little something at the end, but I'll touch on that later too. Now, Lucy, somebody wants to send in a dum dum how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or attend your nephew's parents' evening by pretending to be married to your own sister, call us on 02030313105 <laughs> or leave us a message uh-huh. on SpeakPipe. 
Um, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, letting the Dumpty Dogs out. Shed code for sponsoring us and woof, to Derek through the woof, back bedroom. Woof, woof. De- Derek's been watching a BBC Four documentary about genetic modification, and he's come up with his own idea uh, that he wants to combine some of his cells with the cells from a little gem lettuce and end up with a salad that tosses itself. Oh, grief. Oh dear, Lucy. His idea. It's, it's, not a, mine. it's a good, good job. My mum doesn't understand. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> On this week's blue episode, we have calls <laughs> from Goddess Diva, who has issues with Team Lillian. Jenna, who thinks the men of Ambridge need a compass. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back on the salad thing now. Uh, (laughs) Debs, who thinks Peggy has a cursed checkbook. Glyn, who's not batting for Darrington. Miriam, who has a prediction of theft. Luke, who spotted a Woodhouse connection. Claire, who predicts a crash and burn for Krusty. Andrew Horn, who's not excited. I didn't realise we had all these calls this week. Where are they all coming from? (laughs) Bloody Nora, I thought it was going to be like a 30-second episode. In and out, bish, bosh, bang. No, 30-day, I think oh. we're looking at. But anyway. New York Nigel, who thinks Jenny Jarling is worse than Kate. And we end with the legend of Henry and the wizard of the sanctimonious laugh from Fiona Powell. <laughs> but first, before all of that, it's Juicy Lucy Freeman's week in Ambridge. <laughs> This week was sponsored by mobile phones. Ambridge has caught on and the whole week was binging and bonging away like Billio. I'm not sure it was just the mobiles that were bonging, to be honest. There was such strange behaviour going on. I was beginning to think Titchy Knob had leaked LSD into the water supply as a final gesture. Hootie, Jill and (laughs) Carol Toboggan suddenly decided, based on a casual remark about Ben watching films, that they should start making lists of films they liked. They didn't seem to feel the need to share them with Ben. Just talk about them. What is it next week? Auntie Cardboard ranks her favourite biscuits in size order. Johnny was (laughs) volunteering at the parents' evening at his college. His job was to hold the door open and shout, Brilliant! as they came through. And then shout, Goodbye! Brilliant! as they left. It was vital he was there. So he didn't go and went to the cricket team meeting instead. (laughs) Harassment introduced the topic of women in the cricket team under any other business. But it turned out he could have filed it under no sodding chance. To be honest, though, Harassment, if your entire plan hinges on Molly Button, then you're stuffed. Um, What about changing facilities for women, said Rex. Toby popped up and suggested they all got changed in the chicken shed with him. He'd be available for massages, looking at groin injuries or well, just groins generally, really. <laughs> um, Clary's been booted out of her bathroom to give it to the bed and breakfast guests. Apparently, the guest wants to wash her schnauzer in private and who can blame her? <laughs> By the way, did everyone hear that if they don't do anything about the speed at which people drive through Ambridge, there will be a terrible accident? Did we get that? Yes. A terrible accident. Now it's just a matter of working out who it'll be. The way Hootie Jill is honing her passive aggression and her bossiness, I would seriously consider stapling her loafers to the road and asking Toby to have a run-up at her in the van. This chat about local vehicle speed was combined with a chat about reinvigorating local railway lines. Please, God, no. 
Please, God, no, let's not have an Ambridge Railway. I cannot deal with it. Not with Trump and the loss of the cricket team. Please. My God, Carol Toboggan mentioned the Titfield Thunderbolt. That is exactly what we'll end up with. The Tithead <laughs> Thunderbolt. Linda rushing around trying to find volunteers. Eddie and Joe dressed up as station guards, printing illicit tickets. Fallon doing vintage curly ham sandwiches and auntie cardboard shoveling coal for all she's worth. Jenny Darling's Roman orgy carries on. She needs a theme, apparently, for her party. Why? Too many people in a hot room wearing hurty shoes and worrying that the booze is going to run out. That's the theme of most parties. She picked, strangely, land. Harassment's first suggestion on hearing this was sushi, which shows what kind of intellect they're letting into the police force nowadays. So it is a mud party, then, essentially. Soil. What kind of a stupid idea is that? Anisha has asked Alistair for a gigantinormous check and in exchange she's let him play on a Fisher-Price tablet. He thinks it's connected to the server but really it's just postman Pat singing songs about animals. Shula and Anisha want to redecorate the waiting room at the stables. It doesn't do to have your clients perched on an upturned bucket drinking out of the hosepipe apparently. Mm. Kenton's plan to dress up as Mrs Doubtfire and crash through the window of the school hall continued apace. Even Freddy Thicky Thicky Thick Thick thought it was a terrible <laughs> idea. He was detailed by Kenton's criminal mastermind to pretend he'd contributed to a project about refugees. It was about the plight of private schoolboys forced into the state sector. Some of these poor boys are having to flee private school at a term's notice of just one rugby shirt and the keys to the mini countryman. Entirely inevitably, <laughs> it went tits up with Elizabeth busting out of her white stuff blouse with fury as Kenton weaseled his way around her and she has banned him from the baronial hall. Well, Russell Dankworth at Environmental Health is a bit of a washout, isn't he? And also, has anyone heard of data protection at Bridge Farm? Bloody hell, if I was the Dankworth family, I'd be seriously worried about being tracked down through my flipping veg box and the Rotary Club. What's Pat done? Stuck a tracking device on the aubergines? Anyway, they found his wife and threatened to chop her toes off unless she coughed up her husband's details. <laughs> so, Justin was delighted and promised to blow Lillian's trumpet. And that is just what he was doing when Jenny Darling burst in. <laughs> Lillian was spread-eagled on the bed, dressed as Maria von Trapp. And Justin had his traps around his ankles, socks suspenders flying high, little pink <laughs> bobbing up and down while he recited the Ryder Cup champions for the last decade to keep himself going. Oh, dear, I'll see myself out. said Justin. We've all seen you out, said Jenny. Now put it back in. Not there. And Lillian, if you don't behave yourself, I am stopping access to the white wine fridge. And most importantly, I'm not letting you come to my mud party. So there's always an upset for someone. The end. <laughs> that was a drive this week. Oh, I actually really did enjoy that this week. I'm sorry for laughing, but uh, it was really good. Well done. Yeah. You don't laugh. That's much worse. No, there was a tour de force at the end. It was well done. <laughs> <laughs> you kept the gags are coming. <laughs> it was a bit of a gift to that scene, wasn't it? Really? But even you, the first thing you said to me was, I'll see myself out and burst out laughing. So you... you... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh dear, um, Vertigo, and uh, North by Northwest. They're my favourite films. Oh yes, well, it's all very odd. That where the hell are we going with this? Mm. But it, it, dare I say it, their films are the films of my era. I love a good black and white and a good nineteen forties, fifties. Though yeah. um, those Ealing comedies, they have dated. Oh God, yes. 
like passports, Pimlico, and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. The happiest days of their life, which wasn't strictly kneeling comedy, but it is the best film ever made, clearly, apart from Rear Window with Jimmy Stewart. Oh, just what a film. Grace Kelly's lovely in it. I just, uh, just, it's everything about that film is just a winner. Yeah. But then again, I'm a big Cary Grant fan, so North by Northwest, you know, literally right. anything with that man in. Oh, Jesus. What, 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 what an actor. What an actor. Tell you what, the new Cary Grant, George Clooney, I mm. watched um, Hail Caesar yesterday for the first time. I love the Coen brothers. Like, yeah. that is the bottom of my list, though. I love Oh Brother Where Four Out Thou. Oh, I love it. Yeah, what a film. What a film. And, um, and you just watch uh, George Clooney, and he's such a reincarnation of Cary Grant. But yeah. it just that film doesn't work doesn't mm. work i think it's a little bit too clever by r mm. yeah but anyway the archers yeah well why i don't understand i don't understand why we are having those scenes with with carol toboggan and 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 um it's just it's it's sort of like they're all i can almost see what they're trying to do but then it at the last minute it slithers away like what do you think what? they're trying to do then? Oh, well, I don't even know if 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 this, this is a half formed thought. I apologise, mm. everybody. Oh, you're sounding um, like me. Jill, Jill has started. The the only the thing that I didn't mind about Jill was that yes, she did all this stuff. You know, she did all the cooking and the cleaning and everything, because she genuinely wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now she started doing it while limping and Ruth was saying to her, Jill, you don't need to do this. And she said, well, no one else is going to do it, are they? And I thought that's a really passive aggressive thing to say. You know, they can afford, they've got Emma or they had Emma. They could afford to get somebody else to be a cleaning lady. You know, if you, if you don't want to, if you can't do it because your foot is hurting, stop doing it. Do you know what I mean? It was just sort of, but isn't she just of that generation where she just feels like you have to be useful, you just do stuff, that's just what you do. You know, my both of my grandmothers on both sides... No, are, that's you know, fine. In that case, exactly say, oh, no, I don't mind at all. I've got to. I don't mind at all. You know, mm. it needs doing, I'll do it. But it was that, well, no one else is going to do it, which instantly, as, as, as you know... That's true. As, no, no, no. I, I hear that. Yeah. Make a thing. Oh shit! Well, I, I suppose she thinks I should be doing it as well as milking eighty billion cows and everything else. Mm. Um, so there's that. Then there's kind of this. She's always been incredibly loyal to her children, as particularly David, and wouldn't ever hear a word against him. And would always. Oh no! I've always got to. You know, David's got to have his dinner on the table. And now it's almost like she's taken the piss out of him <laughs> with Carol Toboggan. <laughs> And all this, all this, um, the, all this nonsense about oh he won't notice if it's late or go up and have a bath, David, and ha ha, let's bunk off the cooking that they're forcing us to do, and we'll go and watch films instead. And I thought if she were, they've been trying to say to her watch bloody films for the last fortnight, so why is she now pretending that you know she's somehow sneaking off to do it? It was, ju- it's just, it was just. The whole thing is just peculiar and there better be a sodding good reason why we're doing this because I can't see what it is at the moment. I just thought that the film's thing was a little bit of a character, st- character study, 
But I, I think you slightly might have overthought it, though. Um, you said it was a half dorm thought. So wasn't. He just rattled <laughs> on for three minutes. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was gibberish, though. Mm. I don't know really what to say about the last week because, um, you know what, these poor scriptwriters are damned if they do and damned if they don't, from my perspective. I'm now slightly getting frustrated saying, what the hell's happening? Nothing's happening. And then when there's something happening, I'm saying there's too much happening. I want things to calm down. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm, you I'm, can't watch I'm... things. You can't want things to calm down now. <laughs> if it calms down, we'll stop completely. We'll start going backwards. Well, a nice little storyline, and and yes, we do have um, obviously the aftermath of uh, Kirsty's miscarriage, and we are dealing with that. Um, but I just a little bit of niceness, and it, and don't nice. start me on the Grundies and. Uh... Eddie's scheme. Please don't start me on that. Um, Girly Whirly's in the cricket team. Well, it's just not on, is it, really? Lucy? Don't, don't. (laughs) I know that, I know that you, you, you'd be complete, you are completely wholeheartedly behind it. Damn it. (laughs) Of course, of course. Go on. There was a lovely bit this week, which was um, Joe talking to Kirsty in the pub. Mm. And he didn't say, how are you? You know, or any of that. He just said, I'm sorry to hear about your little babby. Yeah. And it was so lovely. I thought lovely. it was lovely too, yeah. It was really nice. Just so straightforward. And what it must have been, it must have been horrible or whatever it was he said. Mm. And it was just, and she said, yeah, it was. It was just, it was just very, very nice. And then you've got Bert going, I'm not having him in the cricket team. And you think, oh, for God's sake, you know, it's like the same. But you can't just say, well, they are the older generation and they all think this, you know, it's mm. people different, aren't they? But it was, it was, it was there was sort of a, a very lovely uh, bit of grandfatheriness from it Joe. It was, it really was. Horrible bit from Bert. Um, which reminds me, Rachel Hayho Flint, is she still alive? I've got a feeling she died recently. I think you might be right. Yeah, I'm just going to hmm. have a look. I'm sure she did. Because if she's still about, she should come in. No, yeah, she died in mid-January. January, yes. just just last yep. month? Yeah. Oh, that's bloody sad. 18th of January, yep. Oh, she she was a lovely person. Yes. Proper jolly hockey sticks, but, you know, jolly yep. jolly cricket bats and cricket all of bats. that. Hmm. Oh, well, well, she can't open the... Uh, the, the, the new crickets <laughs> open the yeah. batting for Ambridge or come along and uh, you know um, inaugurate the new season that's a shame alright let's move on uh, shall we have some caller in or us why not hello Ambridge 3962 who's first uh, goddess Tiva oh crumbs does my sensors knife need to come out? Start splicing? <laughs> no, actually, not particularly, I don't think. Oh, okay. Hi, Gunter Gum, it's Goddess Diva here, and I'm I'm bloody mad. Mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it. First things first, this cricket team, Malarkey. Seriously, if the league say it can be done, I'm not sure why. 
Will and Burke get to veto the idea of women on the team? Is it because they're worried that they won't get their fucking sandwiches anymore? I have never had anything so bloody ridiculous. Honestly. Oh, I like the feminist collective of Ambridge need to get together and I can call the banners and ride on and smack some bloody heads in. Probably with cricket bats, just so they can show them that women can bowl and they can it's made me very very angry other thing i know i know when lillian and justin started their their thing that i was very much team lillian and said as long as she's happy then i'm happy and i've got no beef with justin that still holds true but she is not happy and to be honest had he spoken to me like that like he spoke to Julian. Julian? Who the hell is Julian? See, I'm so angry. Can't get the names bloody right. If Justin had spoken to me, like the way he spoke to Lillian, with the whole, like, if I want your opinion, I'll ask for it, not only would he not be getting what sounded very much like a blowjob when Jenny Darling walked in, but he would not be having anything ever again. I mean, what a cheek of the man. And she's not happy. She seems to be delighted when she's in his company and not happy when she's out of it. Like, absolutely miserable when she's not out, not in his company. And that, to me, throws up, actually, quite seriously, a red flag. I'd love to hear Witherspoon's take on this because he would he would be understanding the mechanics probably better than I. But the idea that when you're with somebody, you're happy, and then when you're away from them, you're miserable. Not just in a a wistful, I miss them and I wish I could be with them, but in a whole, I'm really miserable, can we talk about something else? And coming out almost by rote with that, I don't want to break his marriage up, and and the flatness of her voice. I don't like it. Justin needs to piss off now. I've had enough of him. Like, seriously, get yourself a grip. In fact, yes. Get yourself a grip and don't expect Lillian to do it ever again. Because Lillian, you need to be just like getting drunk at this party and telling Miranda what's what and possibly going and smacking her in the teeth and grabbing Justin for a snog on the way. Because you're better than this. You deserve better than this. Yes, I think Goddess Diva feels much the same about women on the cricket team as we just discussed. Um, Totally agree, uh, Goddess. Um that it it is quite uh, oh yes i can i have I, I know i get in trouble every time i talk about lillian because everyone says they're too consenting i don't let them get on with it no, 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 no. but if you're if you're it's like a teenage infatuation you shouldn't like you said you shouldn't be that miserable when the person's not around or ooh, you think they're i think they're cross with me i think they're ignoring me i think they're whatever um and but the problem is she hasn't got a proper sodding job. If she get, went to had a proper sodding job, she'd be, her head would be too full of other stuff to be worrying about. She wouldn't have time to think about Justin in the sort of moon around about him like she does. Um, and also that really offhand, horrible way he spoke to her. Uh, and instead of getting cross, she just went and then went off and had a go at Jenny. Uh, and then, you know, Justin says, oh, no, I do like you really. And she's like, hey! And you know, do you think, oh, have some <laughs> sodding dignity, will you, woman, for crying out loud? Um, yes, I agree. He would be dead if he if he if he did that to me, and he would be dead if he did that to you. I agree. Mm. Uh, my biggest issue in all of this, apart from the fact that yeah, 
obviously my my Lillian is much more into him than she's uh trying trying to make out to her sister. Oh, just a little bit of fun, Jenny. No, it's not. She actually yeah, really yeah. really likes the guy. Is yep. I completely and utterly understand Jennifer's unease. Not that her sister is necessarily having an affair. I'm putting that to one side, but it's she's seen them be close and affectionate and intimate and i don't just yeah. mean the walking in and then he's seen justin with his wife as well yeah. that yeah. completely puts her in yeah. um, a dodgy yeah. position so it's not just i know about this in in the abstract so this is going on but i don't but i don't see lillian and uh, justin actually together or be uh, flirty and intimate she's seen it from from both angles and that is yeah. tough that's absolutely tough you know where do yeah. you put yourself in that situation yeah which i yeah. think is deeply unfair lillian and justin do whatever you want to do but you know for justin to be parading around with his wife you know yes and, yeah. and yes they do not canoodle but to be having meals with them and then you know bonking a sister in her own house yeah. you know yeah that's a yeah. bit tough that's a bit and, tough. And, and it's kind of it, well, it's making and it's making Jennifer complicit, isn't it? Which is absolutely really. I mean, people people often say after after they've been busted, after the husband's been busted or the wife has been busted mm. for having an affair, the other person says it's not just him having an affair; it's the fact that other people, people knew. knew. Yeah. And no one told me, you know, it's that thing, the feeling that other people are looking at you thinking, oh, poor woman, she doesn't know, does she? Mm. You know, oh, but that is just, that is what would make me murderous, I think, mm. more than anything else. It really would. I would, it's the humiliation. It's humiliating enough as it is, but, you know, yeah, for other yeah. people to know and blah. Yeah. yeah. True that. True that. Now Ooh. we have Jenna, first time caller in who I met in New York. Ooh. Hi everyone, this is Jenna calling from Brooklyn, New York. I'm at Jenna Ravioli on Twitter and I'm inspired to call in this week after a fantastic meetup. Thanks to everyone for coming out in New York. It was really lovely at which Lucy was able to confirm for me that I am actually an Anna Chagorin, which is just wonderful and is also a privilege to have my caller in her status confirmed in person <laughs> not everyone gets to meet lucy before they call in at all uh, so thanks for that i'm calling this week because the subplots this week seem to have really involved several young women and how they're getting by and their concerns which i appreciate being a young archers listener and i've been really enjoying anisha being around and I loved hearing her put her foot in it this week and be embarrassed and feel that she could have handled things better and have everyone having everyone talking about her a bit behind her back about how she must be so tough, but also she's not that tough and that all of that's just really normal. Um, and then also having Pip and the prospect of a mixed cricket team and all of her concerns and Pip being really responsible, all of that was really cool, her not overcommitting. Um, and I guess the the thing I'm hoping that we get from this and that we're starting to see a little bit are these allegiances between Shula and Pat, who gave us this great thesis statement of 
Mr. Hodge being the king pig of male chauvinism. And so maybe Chula and Pat and Anisha and Pip and possibly Alice uh, and all of them get to show us the power of female friendship through a multi-generational dynamic. And also that the men like Alistair and Harrison and Tom are trying to navigate all of that. And I think all of that was done really well this this week. So thanks, everybody. Can't wait to hear what everybody else has to say. Jenna, yes, Jenna is an Anna, Anna toboggan. And so is Luke, who is another first-time caller in a row, who will come a little bit later on. Um, well, I don't know what's going on with Anisha because I, I haven't heard, I have to say, I haven't heard sun, um, Sunday's um, episode because obviously I don't because we don't talk about it. So um, uh, I don't know whether or not this cricket team fiasco is carrying on, but... Um, and Anisha would see. I, I kind of imagine her as quite sporty. I don't know why. Well, she she, she goes out running for a start off. Oh yes, she? of course she does with Rex. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, and Pip was very sensible and said, "No, I'm not going to go and you know commit myself to to being on the cricket team." When you know, and there are some some nice supportive female things going on at the moment. I think it's the it's it's the Lillian and Je- Lillian and Jennifer storyline that's kind of taking over the female relationships at the moment, just because we just want to see which side Jennifer's going to come down on really, mm. because they're trying to make sort of Miranda slightly more sympathetic, aren't they? So that you, you kind of, you're starting to see, even though she's horrid, you're sort of starting to see things from her mm point of view and then start to feel a bit ambivalent about Lillian and everyone's kind of slowing down a bit on the way hey Lillian go and go and you know go and sow your wild oats and everyone's kind of going yeah Lillian it's not really on is it Mm. you know yes no I I think you're right you know the uh, Miranda is going on that slow character arc isn't she from you know she's just out and out horrid to you understand some of the reasons why she might have uh, some of the character traits that, that she does and also I thought it was interesting that this week there was the line from Justin where Justin wanted to uh, to come round and um, and have a, a feel of uh, Lillian's merchandise and uh, and then he says oh but uh, Miranda has a habit of coming round to the Dow House early No Lillian said that Okay, but it she, was, said, she said, yes. "Well, we could." Yes, yeah, Miranda yeah, has yeah. a nasty habit of yeah. coming home. At, yeah, but 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 it's that point. That, the, the point yeah. is that she's come around early, so she is, you know, trying to just keep people keep them on their toes, isn't she? Yeah, Deli- yeah, yeah. So, well, it was that time when she was out in the bloody garden in her nighty and wellies, wasn't it? Mm. In her lingerie and wellies, silly ass. Oh, um, Debs. Arbent, Royfield and Lucy. Here's Debs from Germany again. Two thank yous first of all. Lucy, thank you so much when I rang in two weeks ago for telling me off for feeling middle-aged when I was complaining about eyeliner gate. Um, I do feel middle-aged. 
I'm just come out of a serious operation and feeling a little bit older than I should be. Um, but you made me smile for the next couple of days, so that was lovely. And Royfield, thank you so much for playing the German national anthem underneath my last call-in. Uh, out here as part of British Forces Germany, and we're all about in the wind-up of leaving Germany after 70 years, we do a lot of community engagement events where British army bands come out and play both national anthems. And it always brings a tear to my eye when both the German uh, nationals here and the English people who are in our host nation sing both national anthems together. So I've got a real fondness for that. So thank you very much. Okay, the real reason that I rang in was to talk about Peggy. Have you noticed that every time Peggy opens her checkbook, something horrible happens? She gave Helen the lodge and then Rob happened and then she gave, and before that, she gave Tom a lot of money to um, get ready for the marriage with Kirsty, and then that happened. And then, sadly, she gave Kirsty money for the baby, and then that happened. So if anyone's anywhere near the Midlands, go and find Peggy and take a checkbook off her, because she is completely the arbiter of doom. My second thing that I rang in about, and I'm getting close to my two minutes now, is Lillian and Justin. When I first joined the army... Uh, 20 odd years ago, um, I had a chap working with me who was just about to have an affair and I didn't really know what to do about it or how to react to it. And I went to see my boss who said to me, yeah, men can fall in love very, very easily, Debs. When their wife finds out, you'll be surprised at how quickly they will fall out of love and completely ignore the person they thought they were going to leave their wife and family and money for. And her advice was just go and get the box of tissues and wait it out because at the end of the day, men can be complete cowards. Appreciate that's a slightly cynical view and not representative of everybody. But in this case, I think that uh, my boss of 20 odd years ago could possibly quite be right. And she's an Arches fan. Anyway, I'm really sorry to have gone over my two minutes um, and I shall just wish you now a good evening. Schön Abend noch. Tschüss. Debs. I I know that you're saying your boss is cynical, but I think she's right. And I, in my experience, every single case I've ever known, apart from one, actually. Mm. Uh, and that was when the other woman died, which is a bit dramatic. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Normally, it is exactly that. It is just waited out because when, yeah... It's, oh God, I've just got so many horrible stories about this. And it, yes, it never, never ends well. And it certainly doesn't end well for the woman. Um, yeah, so I think we're Blows looking at... can exactly have their that. hearts broken too, you know. Oh, I know, of course. But if you're the bloke and you're married and you're having the affair with a single woman, in my experience, it's the single woman that ends up shafted and the bloke is well whatever you know uh it's the it's the bloke who ends up back with his wife with her vowing to 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 make another start and him vowing to make another start and everybody's very happy and positive apart from the woman who's been left behind and has missed christmases waiting for the phone to ring and birthdays waiting for the phone to ring and holidays you know not making any plans because she doesn't know when the other person might be free or not and all that stuff horrible mm. we, 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 <sighs> live, we live in um times which the gender equality is uh, slowly but surely catching up with us and though i 
wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying. Um, it, it does so happen that sometimes a bloke um, is that, you know, party who's left on the oh, side. Yes, 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 of course. Yes, of course. I just maybe it's maybe I should qualify it. and Maybe I should say it's whoever's the single person mm. gets left. The married person stays married. Mm. Um, I, I would, in my experience, anyway, the married person stays married. Do you reckon you're going to do a walkie-talkie with somebody who's in the middle of an affair? Um, I, 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 I do talk. It has happened. It has come up in conversation. Shall mm-hmm. we say? Um, but I haven't approached anyone about about being interviewed about it yet. But it's, that... a, it's a fascinating topic. No, absolutely. I don't, I don't know if they if they would or not because yeah. I think I said this way back, way back when, in a very, very, very early dumpty dum. Like I'm almost positive I did. Um, I remember listening to a program about infidelity on Radio Four. And this priest. Tell had Radio Four or the program. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was a document. It was a documentary, and I, I I can't remember. I can't remember the whole premise of the whole thing. Well, obviously it was infidelity. But anyway, the one takeaway that that I took away from it, one takeaway that I took away. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the one thing that I remember was this priest, this vicar. He had been. Um, doing his godly work since the early 1970s and he said that the discovery time in infidelities has come down massively because of modern technology yeah that's what that's what he has really noticed Uh, he 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 talked about the fact that when he first started uh administering uh the lord's work to his flock People could have second families and these yeah. things, things would go on for years. And he said, yeah. now it's about six months. He said, it yeah. just comes out because phones are left on kitchen tables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, where are you? Your phones just ring incessantly, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. People don't have yeah. the excuses that they had anymore. Yeah. You know. I have just thought, actually, there is somebody that I'm going to be interviewing later on, but he's going to take a bit of warming up. Um who has got an entire second family that the first wife doesn't know about. Oh, wow. Mm. Overseas. Well, that still doesn't make it any better. Oh, I know. I know. I'm just saying it's easier to hide. Mm. No, no, much easier to hide. Yeah. Gosh. Mm. (laughs) Your walkie-talkies are fascinating. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a I'm a magnet for the for the for the person. Well, I don't know. It's just yeah, people with people with stories or people who who aren't very good at containing it <laughs> need to let it out somehow. But, very good. But also, it, it's it that it's it's the whole dog thing, isn't it? Because it's it's a yeah. club, you know yeah. that you know. So there's a certain level of uh, of, of trust and well, uh, you bizarre. disarm was... people. Mm. Yeah, I was walking along with this with this chap the other day who is mm. spectacularly good looking. I think he must be a male model or something. I don't know what he is. But anyway, we were chatting away about the dogs and we'd been walking together for about, I think, about four minutes. And he said, should we go through the bushes this way? And I said, righto. I just followed him <laughs> to these bushes. And I thought, 
bloody hell, Lucy. What a, what a, what a lot of circumstances would I just go traipsing into the bushes with a man I'd met four minutes before, you know, and it never crossed my mind. Mm. This possibly may not be a good idea, but there are other blokes because uh, then I thought, am I, am I, am I just sort of impossibly naive? And then I thought, no, because there are other blokes at dog walk that I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand under a tree with, never mind go through the bushes with. So, um, yes, but it was just very odd. I thought it's only in dog walking would this happen that you, uh, that you, that you just do this, just go wandering off with a total stranger in a rural location. It's just, yes, just weird. Anyway, let's get back to the archers because we talk about the wrong podcast. Um, yes, Debs, I think we'll just stand by and watch it all go horribly wrong and hope that Lillian emerges relatively unscathed. I don't really care about Justin. I don't care how scathed he gets. I care about Lillian, really. Mm. Right. Uh, so is that Debs dealt with? Tis. Glyn right. now. Ooh, I love Glyn. Hello Dumpty Dum, it's Glenn here, calling in on Wednesday evening, um, that's the night of the Cricket AGM, and having just listened to that, I am wondering whether the scriptwriters are setting us Archer's listeners up for a little joke, as many Dumpty Dummers will be aware, I'm sure, on Archer's social media, the phrase batting for Darrington has been a euphemism for many years. I do wonder whether we are going to find that Harrison is not going to be successful in recruiting women to the cricket team. Um, Ambridge therefore merges with Darrington and we discover that everybody in Ambridge is then batting for Darrington. Well, we'll see on that one. Uh, on other matters, um, last time I called in, uh, I commented that we'd had a January free of Grundies. I am delighted to see that the Grundies are back and in the storyline around running um, an Airbnb um, room out of um, Grange Farm. And stepping back from it, uh, you've got a middle-aged couple, um, large house, spare room, um, um, grown-up children living with them, able to give a helping hand. Um, it's the perfect setup, surely, for, for an Airbnb. Uh, just with a little bit of planning and organisation, it could be a great success. Um, it's just a pity that when planning and organisation brains were being handed out, Eddie Grundy was already in the cider shed. So I think we can all see where that one's going. But all that remains for me to say is thank you to Lucy, Royfield and the whole team for continuing to produce um, the Dumpty Dum podcast and all of the social media that goes with it. Uh, my week would not be complete without it. Thank you very much. Glyn is batting for Darrington. Um, <laughs> the, the Grundy disaster. This is ridiculous, isn't it? There's no way that Oliver has completely understood, as I think Eddie was sort of making shiftily clear to, to Joe, that, uh, you know, Oliver hasn't said, yes, that's fine. Mm. What Eddie said to Oliver is, is it all right if we have some friends to stay at the weekend? And Oliver has said, yes, and he hasn't really understood what they're doing. He certainly doesn't know they're advertising it. Mm. Uh, and he, there's no way he'd have, he'd have asked Caroline. Um, so, yeah, there's no way she'd have said yes. So the whole thing is just daft and it's heading for disaster again and you just think oh god can that can i mean i suppose his job at the his job at the um cattle market is kind of fairly 
he does that well, doesn't he? Eddie? But, but by he, all he, accounts. But then fast ones there, can he? Yeah, he gets up early in, in the morning and goes down there and, and, and seems to do that well. What I don't... What we could have had here is a very nice transition from Eddie Grundy being, you know, a bit shifty and cutting corners to him actually having quite a good idea because, you know, to Airbnb out your place every now and then is a good idea. And actually, why can't he just turn around to Oliver and just say, we're going to do this maybe one weekend in the month or one long yeah, weekend. This is exactly and... what Glyn's saying, isn't it? Yeah, that, you know, it's just it, why. It's a, it is actually a good idea. Exactly. It's, it's, and he has to do it in this ridiculous exactly. fashion. But I would just say to uh, to our dear script writers that because everybody needs to go on these three-part acts and these three-part acts can, can take years, um, that maybe we need to put, you know, Eddie Grundy on one where he actually goes... I've come up with a good idea. I'm going to do things properly. That's all. Uh, but maybe yeah. that's where this is going to end up. Because all the elements, if you want to have a little rural getaway, you can't really think of a better place to go to. Because you do have Joe with his great old stories. You do have all the little lambs running around in, in you know, in the back garden. It's going to, you know, Clary is just a wonderful human being and ball accounts can cook. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah. So why... and you haven't got Lin- Linda Snell messing around with aromatherapy and all the rest of it. You exactly. Know, it's, it's much more sort of earthy and properly rural than that. Absolutely. Properly authentic. Yeah. So maybe this is actually where this is going, that um, there's going to be... Oh, but we've, we've been there so many times before. Can't no, you but, you know, no, but Eddie's ideas... You can hear Clary's voice in your head going... This is the last time, Eddie, for goodness sake. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, but normally his ideas are bloody bonkers, like elf yeah. worlds and whatever. This <laughs> is a good one. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So, you know, let's just yeah. have him go. But wait on a minute. I'm just going to uh, fess up to Oliver and Caroline and, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Because that would be yeah. nice. And then we can actually say Eddie Grundy has become businessman yeah it's taken him yeah. 30 odd years yeah but he's actually done as opposed to a dodgy fly-by-night shiftless yeah. loser <laughs> um can we add miriam's call in to glynn because she said the same thing all right hello miriam from edinburgh here i made a prediction last week and i'm annoyed i didn't phone it in i just put it on twitter that uh anisha was gonna be the new cricket queen and now it looks like that's gonna happen uh, so I thought I'd better get my prediction in this week, which is that people coming to stay at the B&B, there's going to be some kind of big mess up at some point. Maybe someone's going to steal something. I don't mean B&B, I mean the Grundies, obviously. Not really a B&B, not with Joe around. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a big mistake. Somebody's going to steal something. And I actually was quite impressed by Joe this evening because he was really not in line with Eddie and his plans. He was kind of trying to dissuade him. But then he let himself down by nicking the leaflets on Eddie's behalf. Oh, well. Because uh, as Miriam said, you know, Joe... J- Joe was... Even Joe was going, no, Eddie, this is a bad idea. Because if this goes wrong, they will be thrown out of the whole house. You know, mm. that he's actually gambling with their their own tenancy, isn't he? 
yeah. their own their own rental agreement. He, you know, he he just cannot do it properly. Ah. Oh, Luke in California now. First time caller in. Where in California is is Luke? Can you remember? Mm, somewhere that's the universe, the college party capital, Santa Barbara. Oh, yeah, that was it. Nowhere near me. All right, then. Hello, I'm Luke in California, a first-time caller in Ara. I'm a composer and music theorist who has lived in California for 30 years or so, and I'm in the middle of finishing up a PhD in music theory at the University of California, Santa Barbara, America's number one party university. Yay, go gauchos. I've been a passive Archers listener since the 70s and an active one in the last year or so, which makes me a Chagoran, I think. Curses. I stream the show during my drive into university up the Pacific coastline. I just wanted to say how much I'm enjoying the P.G. Woodhouse turn that the Freddie Kenton Elizabeth storyline is taking at the moment, so I'm calling in with a plot prediction. After the disastrous turn of events at the parents' evening, Kenton will try and fix things by getting Freddy to effect a burglarious entry into Linda Snell's house to retrieve Elizabeth's beloved but long-lost cow creamer that got accidentally sent to a village jumble sale in the 1990s. This will go wrong in an unpredictable but perfect way, and in the process, everyone will make up and Sunshine shall return to Lower Loxley Hall. Love the show. Keep up the good work. See you. Uh, And you're a composer. That's very exciting. Um... Yes. Now, Royfield, you're going to have to talk amongst yourself for a minute because I need to go into P.G. Woodhouse world with Luke. Um, Yes, you see, I couldn't. There's a definite Woodhouse thing going on. I I think that the uh, the Fair Brethren, um, which uh, um, uh, Witherspoon pointed out the other day, the Fair Brethren was actually his thing that we've nicked. So thank you very much, uh, Witherspoon. Um, The Fair Brethren are definitely pg woodhouse um at pg pg woodhouse sort of feckless young men in spats um and uh there's kenton is kind of a bit of a um uh, a smith character or a bit of a um uh uncle fred in the springtime kind of character this sort of fixer i've had a good idea trust me it'll all go well and it's always a desire and it, it you know it, it well actually no because uncle fred in the springtime gets things right doesn't he and kenton just makes things worse most of the time but there are definite the farcical elements yes there is that there is a huge woodhouse thread runs through it and i'm not sure which scriptwriter that comes from i'd imagine it's kerry because he's got a bit of a woodhouse ishness going on yes so yes, I completely agree, and I can completely see that. And I, but then I was thinking whether sort of Freddie was a bit of a sort of Pongo Twistleton, being sort of dragged into things and without wanting to. Yes. Anyway, that's it. I'm back now. Oh, all right. Yes, yeah, smash yeah, you. Finished. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Anything to add? No. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Should we do for Claire from Clapham? Yes, please. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Um, uh, Just a quick one to say that my quick plot prediction about Kirsty is that she is going to crash and burn at some point, and whichever guy happens to be next to her to pick up the pieces at the time 
will probably be the one she settles down with. And that's a bit disappointing, really. I mean, I can see it coming, but that's basically the storyline of um, Alice and Chris. Uh, so I kind of hope they don't do that, but I can't help but think that that's what's going to happen. So it might be Roy, it might be Tom, it might be Jazza, might be Rex, I don't know, whoever, it could be anyone. But um, frankly, it will be whichever steadfast, decent guy is there to pick up the pieces when she finally falls over um, might be the one that wins her heart. Um, I do kind of hope not. I hope she just goes off and has a real life and gets out of Ambridge, but I dare say they won't do that. And I would miss her if she went. So I guess that's fair enough. Anyway, keep up the good work, guys. Thanks. Bye. Crusty will crash and burn. Well, she has gone slightly manic, hasn't she? Mm. Which I think is good because basically we all think Crusty is superwoman, don't we? She's mm. just, she's feisty yeah. when needs be. She is a shoulder to cry on when needs be. She's just an all round perfect character. So for her to be um, a bit woo and way and, and out there and obviously uh, not right um, is good to make her just that little bit more human. Yeah. Yeah. But I think she should just go and see Je- between, I think she should have half an hour's counselling with Jazza and half an hour's counselling with Joe once a week and i think that would work very well i don't know if witherspoon would would uh would actually recommend that um but i did think it was also um nice telling instructive for the future i don't know uh that she said to tom you are going to keep sending me those texts yes yes i like that Mm. i thought that was really and it was also quite a it was almost quite moving. It was. Because, it was because totally it was like, moving. Oh, do you know, I actually thought, oh, they have a life outside the bit we can hear. Yes. It, it sounded, do you know what I mean? It sounded properly like, properly intimate sort of thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I'm glad you remembered that because I was trying to remember. I was, I, I, when I heard it, I thought, oh, I must remember that. And then I forgot immediately. So that's very good. Yes. Yes. Poor old Krusty. <sighs> um, Jacqueline Berthou now. Hi, it's Jacqueline Berto from Sanguine in Brittany here. Technology seems to have come to Ambridge this week. It's great to know that they can get uh, coverage on their mobile phones wherever they are in that part of the country. Everyone seems to be texting or messaging. There seems to be a ping in almost every scene. I've also been surprised by the speed with which they seem to be able to organise themselves, not only Jenny's party, but also all this work that started on uh, uh, the veterinary veterinary surgery. Um, It just seems to have all come about very quickly. It only seems like last week that uh, Anisha was proposing uh, the ideas to uh, Alistair, but... Now, the work started already. Wouldn't happen in downtown Brittany, I can assure you. Bye, take care. Yes, you too noticed the mobiles. Everybody was on their mobiles and texting each other and things like that. Um, I know, everything's all of a sudden, it's all set up and, you know, they're printing adverts for the bloody B&B and... Um, well, it's like Fallon set up that tea shop in about a day and a half, didn't she? <laughs> there was no help that she didn't have any health and safety things come out to pass that. Not for ages, anyway. 
um uh, you know and and old um uh, uh rex toby goes and gets his gin still and within two hours he's you know he's brought it home from the motorway one minute it's strapped to the roof rack the next minute is producing gin i mean it's ridiculous um and then other things seem to sort of limp on like this bleeding party feels like it's taking decades to get here because it's all anyone it's all they're talking about so mm. yes it's time is relative and nowhere more so than on the archers i think talking about time being relative um, I've done, a tweet's just come up from uh, Dana at the Audio Signal. Excited to be a judge for the first British Podcast Awards. Thanks for asking. Uh, we need to get our asses in gear. I know. I've got to do that, haven't I, this week? Yeah, well, and um, I'm also going to do uh, my 10 American presidents because I, okay. cause she, she recommended it uh, on Audio Signal. Signal. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Yes, but you better have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll do Dum 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 and we'll, and we'll do that as well. Okay. That'd be smashing. All right. So, and uh, to those people, uh, Jacqueline Berto, funnily enough, was definitely one of them who said, uh, I want to vote for you. Uh, we're going to do it. And it's going to be done in a couple of days. So chillax, yeah. everybody. Calm down. It's happening. <laughs> uh, who's next? Andrew Horn. Ooh. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here. Trust you're all keeping well. I have to say, I find this week's archers a bit sort of meh. Couldn't really get excited about much. Um, although I do think that Jenny's uh, shock and horror discovering uh, Lillian and uh, Justin um, has more to do with her deep-seated um, scars over the way that Brian betrayed her in the past and less to do with the potential social embarrassment if Lillian's affair ever becomes known. Um, yeah, they're two uh, consenting adults. Just let them get on with it. Um, and the only other thing is to say, I did try to find out the power of Tractor on Monday when I was overnighting in Norwich. Um, unfortunately, only um, decided to, at the last minute. And so uh, Sarah, Sarah and Sue, who are the three... Uh, tractor um tractor fans in norwich um managed to meet sarah ping which was lovely after all these uh years and our mutual acquaintances so that was great and um other sarah and sue hope the three of you all get together soon and have a meet up and catch up and if i'm back in norwich i shall let you know meanwhile i shall keep uh, the power of tractor in mind and try and give uh, people more notice if i'm traveling again Speak to you soon. Bye. Jenny's shock and horror. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it, was much, it was much more to do with um, Brian in the past stuff. But also, I think it is what Royfield was saying earlier about the don't. It's slightly panicky for Jennifer because it's getting out of her control. And it's just like you are going to drag me into your muck. that, And I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be sort of pulled into a, a, con a conflict situation because you can't keep your pants on. Um, Andrew, could I just point out that Tractor is not there for you to organise threesomes when you're going around the country? This is not <laughs> why we designed it. Please cease uh, and desist. No, I think you're wrong. That's absolutely the reason why we designed it, as well you know. <laughs> yes, well, I'm just cross and I can't make the bloody thing work. <sighs> uh, can we do Nigel now? Uh, why not? Wow, 
Hello everyone, it's New York Nigel here. It was such fun meeting Lucy and the other Dumpty Dummers in the city a couple of weeks ago. And I have to say that it was great to discover that Lucy is every bit as funny and a pleasure to be around as she is when she knows she's being recorded. And it was great to meet her in person. Thanks so much, Lucy. So great to see you. And I'm so glad that you took the time from your own personal holiday to give to us fans. Just one thing to say this week, Jennifer Aldridge never liked her. We've all given her credit for putting up with Brian over the years, but I still say that she's just as much of a spoiled hippie as Kate is. And she's, you know, a self-righteous snob in her own way. Her son, Adam, was the first illegitimate child to feature on The Archers. Jennifer then married the father of the child, with whom she had another child, Debbie. She then divorced and married Brian, with whom she had two other children, Kate and Alice, and then took on her husband's illegitimate child, Ruri. Well, that's very nice and everything. And she's sometimes shown a soft side, like when she admitted to Brian that she felt that she'd accomplished very little with her life. But that seemed like an irrelevant little sideline. As far as I know, she's never worked. She's never thrown herself into charitable work. She's just reacted with snobbery every time that she's been confronted with the fact that she's related to Susan Carter. But Lillian, on the other hand, has always been the soul of discretion until her later years, as far as I can remember. Her first husband died in an accident, and then she married Ralph Bellamy and became that tax exile in Guernsey, where we were all supposed not to like her. And she had just one child, James. And if anybody's been groomed to be the next snooty version of Peggy, who has a great human side, I think, because of her marriage and everything, that snooty person is going to be Jennifer Aldridge. She's just going to become a rigid old harridan with despotic opinions who is completely incapable of relating to her own past. And it's Lucy that inspired that observation when she said that she liked Caroline because she's posh and human, but she likes Jennifer less because she's posh and her human side is less visible. And I can't stand Jennifer's upper middle class outrage. It has all the worst of every piece of the English class system, which is saying something. Anyway, that's it for now. Bye and thanks for everything. Cheers. Nigel, who is another one of my favourite men in the world. Um, Nigel has some savage words to say about Jennifer. <laughs> but he's never liked her. I know. This is an ongoing thread with, with, <laughs> with the man. Yeah. <laughs> it's because he has to be nice all the time in the pulpit, see? Well, he has to be nicey, 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 and he has to reserve all his bile for Jennifer. Just for one Archer's character. One Archer's character. <laughs> but yeah, well, yes, I can see your point. It is sort of this, it is slightly sort of bourgeois middle class. Oh, you did, you know, don't, don't, it's not decent, it's not respectable, blah, blah, blah. But there is, I mean, all these, infidelity is absolutely loaded for Jennifer in so many different ways. Um, 
But uh, anyway, it's fun to listen to her wrestling with it while Lillian wrestles with Justin. Ha! <laughs> and it was lovely meeting you as well, Nigel. It was great fun. And thank you for my dinner. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was actually. Isn't dinner brilliant? I was actually going to send you a bread and butter letter, but I don't have your address and I don't have Witherspoon's address. So please, could you both send me your addresses and then I will do my bread and butter letters like a good curl. Bread and butter letter? Yeah. When you say thank you very much for for, 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 for putting me up or um, buying my dinner or whatever. Isn't it enough that you just said it to like 30,000 people throughout the world and of which they will hear? No, you have to... It's got to be handwritten. Yeah. Oh, for God's sake. What what, what century are you living in? A nice one. (laughs) (laughs) That was a perfect answer. Well done. Thank you very much. Uh, And that's it. End of caller in a res. Have you got any emails? No. Oh, great. All right, then. Well, folks, it's that time where um, I say something like, you want to listen to lucy's podcast it's rather good it's it's kind of better than mine much to my chagrin anyway uh here's a trail for it and, listen to you and your chagrin yeah i'm channeling my inner linda snell um <laughs> anyway listen to it listen to the trail but don't just listen to the trail go on to itunes because it's up Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There now. And type in walkie-talkie, and then you can go listen to it. And then we'll come back the other side with a touch of yokel bear. In an uncertain world, there is always music which can be listened to in good company. Welcome to Friday 15, the show where we speak to friends and interesting people to the backdrop of great tunes and allocate 15 minutes to both. I mean, I was eight years old, interesting, the same age as the uh, Dragon King's daughter when she comes out of the sea. But um, well, what was happening to me when I was eight years old was that I was at the hands of a paedophile in, um, in a classroom for a year. And... Awesome, yeah. Um, for me... I well, and I think the reason that I somehow managed to to win in the end is that for me it's about an economy of the three things that bring a song together. Chase, 
catch up with me speaking to friends and interesting people every Friday afternoon on Friday 15, which you can get, of course, from a podcatcher of your choice. Hello, I'm Lucy, and this is Walkie Talkie. I walk my dog, Basil, uh, pretty much every day in a foresty bit of London. Um, I have been doing so for about four years and I meet people that, as a dog walker, you talk to people. Um, If your dogs get on, you tend to just, you say, which way are you going? Can I come with you? And you just sort of amble along and you can end up having the most extraordinary conversations. Partly because uh, you are walking side by side and facing front, so there's no embarrassing eye contact. If things get a bit heavy, if someone starts talking about something that they find emotional or difficult, then you can always divert your attention onto the dogs and relieve the tension a little bit. We've seen, as a group of dog walkers, we've seen um, people get pregnant, have children. We've seen people whose dogs have become ill and died and the owner says, oh, I can never have another one and then in a couple of months time they appear with a puppy and everyone's delighted to see them and um, we've seen people's marriages break down, new romances start it's a lovely way to start your morning it never fails to give me something something nice to think about, something interesting to think about even if it's not nice and having a dog is a sort of a, a universality really, the people aren't all like me as I hope you'll realise over the course of the series. Hello, Yoko Bear here with the Social Media Roundup. Um, But first of all, let me just say a huge congratulations to Lucy on the first episode of a new podcast, Walkie Talkie. Absolutely loved it. Thought it was absolutely brilliant. More, please. So, big round of applause for Lucy. Thank you. Anyway, social media. Let's have a look, first of all, at the Book of Face. We asked the question about what do you think the home farm theme, the party theme should be? Because let's face it, land, yeah, I'm not really getting that. So anyway, let's look at some of the suggestions. Emma Lee said, keys in fruit bowls. Yeah, Emma, I don't really want to think about the, the outcome of that one. Um, Hannah May said, go dressed up as the person your spouse has had an affair with. To which Kate Swift replied, multiple costume changes for Jenny then. Yes, she'd be a bit like a Shirley Bassey concert, wouldn't she really? Um, We also noted that um, PC Carpet Burns doesn't appear to be very busy. Not much crime in Ambridge, maybe. Um, You know, I think... um, you know, what's he doing hanging around all the time? But Zoe Pickson says, well, you know, there's a lot of unresolved crimes going on. Missing people like Kathy and the missing bunting plus all of Rob's crime. Perhaps we can have a BBC Extra Archer's Crime spin-off. Um, Joe Bank said he'll be busy when Lil finally cracks after Justin hurts her again and dumps her. And if she tells everyone in the bull everything she knows about Colbert Gate. 
yes i think that's coming up soon as well <clears throat> we also were speculating about um tom and kirsty is it gonna happen is all this kind of you know late night phone calls will this develop into something um ruby nation said a tom and kirsty wedding only if there's a watertight prenup agreement in place and kirsty receives a live video link of tom handcuffed to the altar um yes i think that's going to um be necessary <clears throat> andrea melling says that kirsty deserves better than tom in the long run and a lot of people agreed with that. And to be honest with you, all the, on this thread, it seemed to come down to, yeah, either Tom, but a lot of people were backing Roy, saying, well, look, you know, they, there may be a bit of an age difference, maybe with Roy and what have you, but they get on really, really well. Um, Karen Presley said, though, wouldn't it be nice if we had one happy ending to a story? Um, but then again, Sarah Charlie Harding said, hope it doesn't because that will be a very dull happy ever ending storyline so but we'll see what happens um so what else did we ask justin yes the way he treated um um lillian i asked does justin deserve a swift kick in the danglers um to which Samantha Dean said, I didn't hear it, but I'm raising both hands anyway. Um, Andrea Melling also pointed out, and I think this is a real point here, Lillian seems to become so weak around men when she's otherwise a feisty woman. Seems to be a bit of a pattern with her. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. And, I, you know, it's something that I, you know, oh, Lil, you know, I would need you to be stronger sometimes. Um... Andrew Horn pointed out that maybe Justin was being awful because he was still his feeling store as Miranda had already kicked him. Not that this is an excuse. Um, but Karen Cunningham said, and I think this um, sums it up for me, certainly. Yes, I was furious with the way that Justin spoke to him. Fagash, you're worth more than this. And yeah, you're absolutely true uh, on that one. Um, Another thing that we did was looked at um, who the villain of the um, village is. Now, Tom's kind of a little bit out of action. Surprisingly, the Button Sisters featured a lot. Mm. Other things that have been going on as well on the forum, um, we've had an absolutely superb... Um, Art um, posting by Fiona Powell about grief, which really go over and have a read of it. It's really, really, um, really worth reading. Um, also, as well, back on Facebook, Deb Thorne has posted a link to um, an interview with the new editor of The Archers, which is really interesting. And of course, Cosmo has put his caller in rules, um, which are all very reasonable and clearly laid out. So, yes, yay for that. Anyway, that's it. That's the social media roundup for this week. So, from me, Yoko Bear, it's cheerio. Bye. Thank you, Yoko Bear. That was um, a rather uh, comprehensive and all-encompassing roundup of all things on the social media tip of Dum de Dum and the Archers. Well done, sir. Um, Juicy Loose, hashtag yep. the Archers tweets of the last seven days. Thank you very much, please. Gareth Edwards said, mm. Sunset Boulevard. Is that off the bypass? <laughs> um, <laughs> Loma Lindy said, If I was invited to a land themed party, I'd go as a tectonic plate. 
quite i don't know what the bloody hell it is a land themed party or what it's what relevance that's supposed to have to anything exeter dormouse said does jenny not like lillian holding business meetings at home farm then poor justin had to zip up his document folder and leave <laughs> I don't think um nazilla said has harris has hello nazilla said has harrison asked miranda about the cricket team yet she strikes me as a real old bat yes and chris borrell who is tweet of the week said i should imagine that lillian chooses her lingerie from the Anne last of the summer's wine line <laughs> and then she sits in a basket gets put down pushed down the hill in a wheelbarrow that's confused all the American people. You need to look up Last of the Summer Wine and then you'll get it. You knew the weekend was over when that thing came on. Yeah. Mm. Bath time. Clean sheets, bath time, sit in your dressing gown and watch Last of the Summer Wine. Mm-hmm. And if you were lucky, you got to eat steamed treacle pudding and custard. Oh, so nice. I had some bread and butter pudding the other day. <gasps> Do you know what I did? What? I made, um, with leftover panettone, I made bread and butter pudding with leftover panettone and Nutella. Can I just say, right, <laughs> only some middle-class liberal elitist would say what you've just said. I know. <laughs> I have no defence. I did put Nutella on it, which is quite, you know, not, uh, not really, very not really. But anyway, um, I love a bit of panettone. So lo- lovely discovery of, of, of that um, kind of breaded, cakey thing when I when I first went to Italy over christmas uh 15 oh my god it's going to be 20 years this year wow wow gosh loved it turin at christmas time was very lovely very pretty well done italy anyway now it's the end of the show dumdydum.com go there it's got shop it's got tractor now you've heard us talk about tractor before tractor is our little map well it's a big map actually it's a map of the world and you you can organize sexually deviant get-togethers no lose well people can do that but that's not the primary <laughs> purpose it's just to get yes, people together no a threesome doesn't mean some kind of sexual goings-on necessarily does it there's three people having coffee talking about the archers if you said to me meet me in the cafe <laughs> i think no, we're going to meet for a coffee anyway folks Wherever you are on planet Earth, on God's great planet Earth, just go on to dumdydum.com, click on the tractor link and pin yourself to the map. Because then that means that if somebody who's somewhat close by wants to organise a get-together, a dumdy-do or something or another. Ooh, have I just coined a new phrase, a dumdy-do? If no one comes, it's a dumdy-don't. Hey, Um, well then they can just like, you know, message you and it's awesome like that and i think it's about time that those people in the southwest of england candida beaching uh got themselves sorted mm, just saying right so dumdydum.com the forum it's kind of there's a few messages on there this week uh but please keep it going there's going to be more dumdy dogs and i know somebody did try and nominate their dumdy mog 
uh, this week. So there's things on there. Go there. It's awesome. Dumdydum.com. Now, we've had some reviews. Oh, that's in red. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> uh, oh, dear. <laughs> we've had, we've had some... some reviews. <laughs> we've had some re- reviews from Canada. We had Dream on Alice. Over in Merkel land, we had Ink Barrow Rob. From Blighty, Frankman, who wrote a very long and considered review. Thank you, Frankman. Yes. Now, Frankman, um, you didn't half go on. But to be fair to you, <laughs> right, he did. Whew, Lucy, it was a long one. It's about as long as one of our podcasts, <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> Kid ye not. Uh, but, um, yes, very uh, considered and very, very fair. And... All I would say is I deliberately go go off piste when I talk about the Battle of the Bulge because um, I like history and it's a bit of a piss take, really. Uh, but you, you you do like what we do and I, and it was a lovely and fair review. So thank you, Miss Frankman. Uh, we also have one from Nina underscore Eliza. Daniel Hayward Hughes. Jane E.P. Squire McFun. At Casmos and... Dusty substances. Hello, Ooh. Dusty. Um, in Trump's divided America, we had reviews from Marshall Laws, Herbert Layfield, Jazz A Bell, and Lucasite123. And quite simply, to write us a review, you go, go into iTunes. Go into iTunes, and it's slightly tortuous, but you give it a couple of clicks and fiddle, fiddle around for a couple of minutes, then you'll figure it out. Um, it's not the easiest process in the world, but it's incredibly important for keeping our podcast visible on iTunes, which is the way where we get most of our listeners. Now, another way you can help to keep our little show on the road is by uh, going on to our website and hitting the donate button. Or you can go on to patreon.com and sign up to give us um, some $2 per show. So that's patreon.com or on or hitting PayPal on www.com. Uh, to get in contact with us, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe which is on our site, or you can call us on 02030313105. Now, I actually know that this actually does actually work from abroad. So if you are abroad, plus 442030313105 to leave us a telephonic message. On social media, specifically Twitter, you can find us where we are at dum-de-dum. Me, I'm at Royfield. Harriet is at Shambridges. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. On the book of face, where we have over 1,500 like lurkers, why don't you just uh, join them by simply going on to Facebook and typing in dumb d dumb. Any uh, last thoughts, Lucy? Uh, no, I think that's it. I am hoping some more things happen next week so I have something to write about. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, on the answers, <laughs> not just generally. Um, should In we... the real world, actually, so much is happening that it's almost a relief that not a lot is happening anywhere else. Mm. Did you yeah. watch the arch? Oh, the Archers? Did you watch the Oscars? The Oscars? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Wasn't that no. funny? I did read about... Mm. I, I was thinking about the hard time that we give ourselves as humans for making a mistake because all hu- it's because, um, you know, when when your children get something wrong and mm. they go, oh, 
no, I, I can't believe I forgot that. And, you know, and you say, it's fine. Don't worry. You just made a mistake. It's OK. And then 10 minutes later, you forget something and go, oh, for God's sake, Lucy, you idiot. What did you do that for? And then think, ah, now that is why they reacted like that, because I do that to myself. I criticize myself all the time for getting things. And then I was writing a piece of Radio 4 about the planet Mars. Mm. And I read that there was a $125 million project to land a probe in 1998 on Mars. And two teams worked together and the thing disintegrated before it even hit, landed on Mars. And the reason it disintegrated was because one team was working in meters and one team was working in feet. Mm. And they got the angle completely wrong and it all fell apart. And I thought, next time I make a mistake... At least it hasn't cost anybody $125 million. <laughs> I just made a mistake and it's all right. You know, and maybe I cut someone up at a roundabout and said, sorry, but there's no need for me to keep, you know, criticizing myself for it for the rest of the day. Um, and yes, so I am, I'm, I'm, I'm very happily collecting stories of absolute sodding disasters that happened like last night, you know. I didn't cost anyone $125 million. I didn't tell the wrong film that they'd won the Oscar for best film. You know, there are lots of, there are lots of things that when, you, when you're about to criticise yourself, you just have to think, well, at least I didn't, whatever it was. Mm. That bloke from La La Land, that producer, he was uh, very gracious and, was, and, and quick in the moment. And yeah. uh, yes, Um it was because I did watch it as it was happening and you could actually see the guy with the with the earpiece and then the microphone run in the background and like, you know, start waving his hands <laughs> like, a, like a crazy fool. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and yeah, it all made sense of Warren Beatty just like completely utterly pausing uh, yeah. when he's gone reading the thing out. But it was proper yeah. funny. The only oh. to be slightly controversial. Right. As a person of colour, and then was it last year it was Oscars So White and it was BAFTAs So White and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I just hope that, you know, because this, this is the most amount of winners of people of, of colour. I'll, I'll say, number one, I hope it wasn't just some kind of uh, reactionary tokenism. I, did, I have watched Moonlight and thought it was great. I don't know if I'll call it the best film of the year. You know, it was absolutely compelling and I didn't know where it was going at the start. But I don't know if it was film of the year. So I hope the people aren't just saying, well... People are quite cross about Casey Affleck beating Denzel Washington, aren't they? Mm, but I think that's because Casey Affleck hasn't got the best PR anyway. So he's a oh, okay. bit of a bit of a sleazeball by all accounts. So oh, th right. there's that as well. Um, which reminds me, I got taken to task. Are you a sleazeball? Uh, most probably, uh, right. but that's in the eye of the beholder, though, isn't it? It's not. It's not really for me to. You know, I'd like to think that I'm. I'm not. But mm. um, here we go. Not a sleazeball. Victoria Clark. Anyone else horrified by Royfield's rather smug admission that he illegally downloads movies? Which part of piracy is not a victimless crime? Do you not understand, Royfield? Oof. Oh. Oof. <laughs> Victoria Clark guilty as charged and what I did say uh, on the book of face is that you know what though I did 
and I have done and I do download movies I actually do go to the cinema it doesn't make it right but it's not as if I don't go to cinema and I just saw the Batman Lego movie uh, last week which which was absolutely brilliant um, but yes um, I don't claim to be perfect and yes 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 and I did say as a proper mere culpa I will say sorry on WDM I'm saying sorry Victoria Clark there you go Oh, you're in trouble. Big style. I'm telling. Uh, shall we? <laughs> shall we now uh, listen to Sonny? Yes. Oh, and my mum appears in this as well. Awesome. Hi, <laughs> lovely friend. Um, Sarah Coward, who plays Caroline Sterling in The Archers, tipped me the wink um, that Lillian Bellamy was returning to the programme. Um, and I had worked with Vanessa Whitburn, who was our then editor, on several projects. Uh, and I thought, well, she's bound to have cast it. But Sarah insisted that I contact Vanessa to see if she had cast it or not. I duly contacted Vanessa, who said she hadn't. But she thought that I would sound too young, simply because the new Lillian they wanted was, you know, gin drinking and cigarette smoking. And somehow she needed a voice that was going to encapsulate all that. But she said, please do come and audition. So the night before uh, the audition, I thought, well, I'm not going to get this part. I'm going to have a bit of fun with it. And I lay in the bath, lovely, lovely image for everybody that, and I thought maybe a little love will do it. So I then thought, hmm, okay, something like, <laughs> something like that, which sounded to me a little bit like a sheep. But anyway, um, the next day when I went for the audition, I included the love in the audition and I had a whale of a time, and nobody was more surprised than me when, you know, the phone rang to say I'd got it. But I think the reason I did get the part was simply because I was having such a lovely, relaxed and easy time. And that was the very quality that they actually wanted for the character of Lillian. So um, that's how I got Lillian Bailey. Thank you. I think one of the reasons why uh, you're one of Alison's favourite characters, definitely. And you keep winning polls as oh, favourite really? character. Oh, really? That's wonderful. But I think partly it's because you're such a good foil for Jennifer. Yes. Because you have been, fr- <laughs> you have been friends with the Grundies and yeah. you know you don't do the sort of the, the untouchable snobbery not that, that Jennifer does you're absolutely not at all she, she loves going to the side shed you know with yeah. Eddie and having a good old tip and you've even helped behind the bar at the ball oh, now and again absolutely I mean yeah. no no she's no side to her like that you know no. and she mucks in with everybody and she loves everybody in the fact you know Jolene's her best friend in a way yeah. you know um, she's she's always uh, sharing stories with Jolene um, because she sees a kindred spirit I think with Jolene you know she's, she's, she's a bit of a gal is, is, is Jolene um, so, so yes, and, and she's a joy to play because she's naughty, and, yeah. and naughty characters are always much more fun to play. Is you, know? it, you said in the in the show that you thought that she'd never grown up. Yeah, is that where she gets on with Kate? Yes, probably. Yeah, I think there's a little girl still in 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 Lillian. Um, she loves attention. She likes to be the centre of attention, and she's never really grown up. So she, occasionally, of course, she's very mature, like she is with Helen. You know, in, in scenes where she's saved her really with Rob. Mm. But I think generally the nub of the character is quite a, a, a child who has never grown up. And whether that's to do with the background and the father was an alcoholic and it wasn't easy at the bar. I don't know. I mean, as an actor, you know, you find all these stories, all these reasons as to why your character is is as they are. But I think for me, that's why she's been so outrageous and, and does extraordinary things. Because 
actually it's a little girl inside her that sometimes doesn't have an edit button and can't stop uh, and uh, you know irritates everybody uh, around her as a consequence but no, she's vulnerable she's love vulnerable her. well yes. she says and does all the things we'd all like to say and yeah. do but you know aren't brave enough to do and she just goes and does and she takes it. the piss out of Linda Snell yes she takes, you know, she takes yeah. the piss out of everybody really, when yeah. she comes into contact she's not frightened of anybody at when all she's, no. when she's going to give Miranda a punch on the nose well watch this space as you like <laughs> it's got to come soon <laughs> thank you very much oh, not at all Lucy not at all so what was she like then Lucy who Sunny yeah, or my mum your mum uh, <laughs> what you want to know what my mum was like or what Sunny was like you know who I'm referring to <laughs> uh, she was great she was ace it's a very good show um, and she was just lovely she was um slightly upset well no not slightly upset sorry she was we talked a little bit about um sarah coward mm. and uh she was you know clearly this is before she she died and she was she was clearly um sort of uh her thoughts were, were with her very obviously but um yes so she'd like to come on the show so uh assuming she's not still too upset about sarah then i would i'll get in touch with her and invite her on I tell you what, talking about coming on the show, whilst we have been podcasting, Susie Riddle says that she wants to get on. And she is Tracy Horribin. Hey! Oh, yeah, she's Harriet's mate. Yeah, yeah. As Just as we started, she sent us a DM and says, um, if you want me to wait until she comes back, great, or she can just come on, whatever. So um, I'd, I'd say the sooner the better. Yeah. Why wait? Why wait? Why wait, indeed. Um, now, I think we're almost at the end of the show. Other than to say that we have a little special treat for you, dear listener. All the way from Pennsylvania, USA, we have uh, Fiona Siobhan Powell and her little uh, missive, which is um, a little story about little little Henry. Windy, windy, windy. <laughs> <laughs> Fiona Siobhan Powell here, storyteller by trade and inclination. This is my response to the question of how Henry might cope long-term over the events of the past few months. The year is 2106, and 95-year-old Henry Archer, the Bard of Ambridge, has gathered the children around him to tell them a story. Now settle down, children, settle, settle. Maud Button, put your pocket drone away. Winnie, that goes for your robot and all. You button girls, you're as bad as your great-grandmothers ever were. Settle down, I'll tell you the story of the time my brother Jack and I saved Ambridge from an evil wizard. Come on in, Edward Grundy the Fourth. No, you're just in time. How are things at Grey Gables? Good. What a good squire your dad is. Shh, 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 shh. Settle now. Well, when I was just a little boy, younger than most of you, an evil wizard came to our village. Ooh, he was a bad one. But most people didn't realise it at first. Ooh, he'd pop up from nowhere, make people jump, and he had a sanctimonious laugh that would set your teeth on edge. Now, I believe that I was one of the first to realise just how bad he was, for I saw him devour the Easter bunny. Swallowed him whole, he did, down to his little cottontail. No, 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 don't cry, Ariel Carter. Easter bunny's immortal. He came round again. Alas, the same can't be said for poor Frida Fry. 
Frida was the best maker of onion gravy in the land, but the evil wizard of the sanctimonious laugh had her drowned. Yes, that's right, Frida Archer. You were named in her honor. Then there was Stefan, the dairyman, who disappeared in a puff of smoke. And the horses of Ambridge? They were all lamed or maimed at the hands of the evil wizard. Even Bartleby the pony was made quite arthritic. Nobody, it seemed, could defeat the evil wizard. Until the witch Tregoran looked at my mother and said, Helen, I think you're going to give birth to a wizard even greater than the evil wizard of the sanctimonious laugh. It was shortly after that that the evil wizard threatened my mother, and my brother Jack, for it was he who was in my mother's belly, caused a great storm to rise up, and such a storm it was that pots and pans and cutlery and spatulas and knives went a-flying all by themselves. Well, the evil wizard was angry, and had my mother locked up in a great tower. And it was there that my brother Jack was born. And while my mother was locked up, the evil wizard of the sanctimonious laugh stole me away to be his servant for nearly a year. I was but four years old. How on earth did I survive? Why, I was clever. I pretended that I was stupid and no more than a baby. Everything he said to me, I would just answer, OK, all right, in a baby voice. So he thought me stupid and not worth the bother, and he finally let me go. It was after my mother had escaped the tower that one day I was all alone, watching over my baby brother asleep in his crib, when the evil wizard of the sanctimonious laugh suddenly popped up from nowhere, walked right through the wall of our house and grabbed poor little Jack and began to run away with him. Ha, 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 said he. This boy is mine. I shall name him Gideon and train him in my evil ways. And with that, the wizard leapt on a grey horse that breathed smoke and fire and galloped away. Well, I was in a lather, I can tell you. I couldn't run faster than a horse. So I ran to the next field, grabbed Bartleby and begged him to go as fast as he may, which wasn't nearly fast enough. Then, spotting a raven watching us and having an instinct about these things, I called out, Raven, fly! Tell Jack he must save himself. He must save us all. The raven did just that. She flew over the grey horse, snorting smoke and flames, on which baby Jack was being carried to his doom, and she called, Caw! Caw! Jack's little eyes opened, and he understood, and he caused a mighty wind to rise up from Lakey Hill. Not that kind of wind, Philip Fairbrother, get your mind out of the toilet. A great storm to rise up and barrel down the hill. Now in those days, there stood a magnificent ash tree near the road. You know, the Norse folk call the ash tree Yggdrasil, and they... Well, not to worry. We'll do that legend when you're older. All you need to know is that the ash is sacred, and it is said that the roots of the ash tree are a snake eating its tail. Well, when the ash heard the commotion and saw the danger... She knew what she must do, 
As the wind hit her trunk, she yielded and cracked and fell down straight in the path of the fire-breathing horse, carrying the wizard and baby Jack, and the horse and the wizard and Jack all flew up in the air. When Bartleby and I arrived on the scene, this is what we found. The ash tree roots had swallowed the horse, and all I could see was but the end of one grey tail. She'd swallowed the evil wizard. One pleading hand was still sticking out piteously from her trunk, and that was quickly swallowed. And as for Jack, I found him cradled gently in the branches. Not a single hair on his head had been ruffled. He wasn't even damp from the storm. Well, all right, Philip Fairbrother, his nappy was a bit damp, but the rest of him was dry. Bartleby and I carried Jack back home, and I laid him in his crib, and nobody seemed to notice. And after that, there was never any more sign of the evil wizard of the sanctimonious laugh. The ash tree was cut up and distributed. Some of it was used for firewood. And I do think, as some of the logs were burned, you could hear a sanctimonious laugh in the distance. But other than that, no, nobody mentioned anything. And if I mentioned it, folk would change the subject. Do we know? I think they were ashamed that the village had been saved by an old arthritic horse, a tiny baby, and a five-year-old boy they all thought was stupid. True. Of course the story's true. Would I fib to you? Yes, yes, Maud, you can get out your pocket. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how a myth gets made. Great. I don't think we've done it. Cool. All right, right. There, there's, there's nothing else to, to talk about, was there? Nope. No. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.